glory. Aren't you glad that God, He is continually dealing with our heart, talking to our heart, amen. He's, he's working on us, He's changing us. Uh, open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18 and Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I, I, I've been on the potter's wheel this week. And, uh, you know, when the hand of the Lord is upon you, it's glorious, but it's painful. And uh, how many knows that we need the Father's hand? We need His, the potter's hand on our lives. We need Him to shape us and to correct us. I think He's getting us ready. We're coming into uh, Passover, uh, Easter, Resurrection Day, better said. Uh, and so I think He's wanting to... Uh, get us in a place in a position where we can soar higher in Him than we've ever been. And so, um, uh, we'll just call this, you know, He wants us to step up in Him. He wants us to uh, step up in a place of uh, uh, of understanding we need to make sure that we're in uh, complete forgiveness. Um, you know, it, Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues or the boundaries of life. And so... You know, God may have free will with 90% of my heart, but that other 10%, if I haven't gave it to Him, it the devil will make it hard. And uh, the Lord said to me, the only areas in your life you get confused in is because you are a part of my sheepfold and you're in my pasture is that part of your heart that can't hear what I'm saying clearly. See, if we can't hear what the Lord says clearly, the devil will, he'll bring in things to make us doubt, to bring, make us confused, and all of those things. And so, uh, we're going to look at some very familiar verses of Scripture, but I've never looked at it quite like this. And so, there's, you realize that there's three steps to be able to uh, walk and to, to live in complete forgiveness that Paul addressed in, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4 that we're going to look at um, but before we read that, I want us to think about, see, your your life and my life. Let me lay just a foundation here. Brother Ryan, would you put um, Jeremiah chapter 17, I believe it's verse uh, 14. You know, the, the, the Bible says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my... Thou art my song. Thou, thou my, thou, you know, you and I, the, the song of our life should be the Lord. But, but notice what he says. He talks about healing and being healed. He talks about being saved and then going on into salvation. And so there's steps. Your walk with the Lord, you're going to be closer to the Lord tomorrow if the Lord tarries and your heart keeps beating than it is today. So it's progressive. There's steps. And so uh, the Lord is wanting to... Cause us to step up higher in Him and to recognize that there's little things that we don't think about, we don't recognize that can be a hindrance to us being able to be all He's called us to be. Amen? So um, I think this is really important. Uh, this service has been on my heart very strongly. And so, uh, you know, if it's not for anybody else, I know it's for me, but I, I believe God's really wanting to get us ready uh, for. Uh, resurrection day and I think that if we'll uh, just humbly hear uh, we're going to be in a place where we're going to have more liberty and freedom than ever before amen all right let's read uh, uh, Matthew 18 21 uh, 21 or something like that in 22 first talking about forgiveness and then we're going to go to the main thing which is Ephesians chapter 4 but in uh, very familiar verses of scripture Matthew 18 21 uh, then came Peter to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, in verse 22, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. You know the verse very well. In other words, an infinite number of times. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 17, when you're there, say amen. amen. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not. So we're going on a walk with the Lord. We're stepping up higher. That you walk not as other Gentiles, as unbelievers, as heathen, if you would. Walk in the vanity, uh, the uselessness, the emptiness, 
of their mind. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, being separated, estranged from the life, the Zoe kind of life of God, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Better translated, hardness, the hardness of their heart. Now drop down to verse 32. How do we take care of a hard heart? How do we step up into forgiveness? Ephesians 4.32 And be you number one kind, mark that down, and be you number one kind, one to another. Number two, tender-hearted. And if you're kind and tender-hearted, then you produce number three, you produce the forgiving, the forgiveness. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And be you kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Brother Larry, would you pray? Yes. Yes. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for honoring the word. Hallelujah. And once again, thank you for being here this morning. I'm so glad to see y'all. Uh, God's a good God. Amen. Um, missed you last week, Brother David, as well. Glad you're here. Um, you know, in our walk with the Lord, everything is, is just step by step. Step by step, you get you get closer to the Lord, and you get more sensitive to Him and to His will, His plan. You're able to hear His voice more clearly uh, with obedience as you just obey in the simplest of words, the simplest of moment by moment. And so uh, that's the positive side. The negative side is we can neglect to yield to His word, to His voice, and we uh, progressively pull away from Him. We you know, we're either in a state of uh, becoming more sanctified or we're in a state of backsliding. There's, there's only two options. There's no in-between uh, because lukewarmness is really a backslidden state. Let's be honest. That's what the Bible says. And so uh, you and I, we're to be zealous of good works, and the good works is Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the work of the Lord, and He is alive and well in the believer's heart. Say, that's me. And so, let's make this, before we start, let's make this declaration together. I decree, I'm stepping up higher by God's grace in forgiveness, and I'm saved, I'm healed, and I'm delivered. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, the smallest little thing that the enemy can, can get into our heart that we don't even recognize and realize can be a hindrance in the Lord being able to bless us and the Lord being able to bring us to a, a, a word of truth that we need. Now, uh, um, this is just a little side note because uh, uh, the Spirit of God just showed me something that, that you probably already knew, but I didn't recognize and realize it. Uh, so many times when the, the, the Lord speaks a blessing out of heaven and something He wants to, to guide us in and direct us in, and if the enemy picks up on the move of the Spirit and he wants to stop that, what will he do? He will come and he'll bring something in my life to give me an opportunity to think on and to yield to where that uh, hinders what then God is trying to say to me because if I can't hear clearly with obedience what he's trying to say, that's the truth that wants to make me free. That's the truth that wants to bless me. And so I'm, I'm over here in the enemy's camp, and I messed up instead of being over here where God would have me to be. Amen? And so it's the smallest of things. And so I want us to, 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 to key on these three things that, that bring complete forgiveness. Because in, in the body of Christ today, the enemy is working overtime uh, to keep people in the place where their heart is hurt, where they can't be healed. He doesn't want you and I to have a healed heart. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to be in a place in a position where we're walking in, in peace and joy and all of these things. So uh, let, let's, let's see some things here. Now notice there in Ephesians 4.32, he said, And be, 
In other words, when you get born again, you are a, a being of the Lord Jesus Christ by His Spirit. And you simply just have to let this Word be in your life. I have to let it be in my life. And if it's in my life, then it produces kind after kind. And I am what it says I am. Amen? So, He said, be ye kind uh, one to another. So, the... I, I've got to recognize and realize the enemy, number one, to, to be able to keep me out of forgiveness. Because he this is Jesus was talking about being able to forgive an infinite number of times in a day, 490. Uh, there's, there's no way one person would sin against you in one way 490 times. So you understand what he's saying. So an infinite number of ways uh, that the enemy would come against you and I, we've got to recognize that we've, we've, we've got to be... Uh, in the place of receiving what God through Jesus has done for us, and if we receive that and we have, then that will be in our lives. That will be a product of who we are. In other words, uh, because we're uh, in the place of being forgiven. You know, Jesus said in Matthew six fourteen and 15, if you, well, you know the scripture, but you make a note of it. He talked about if we forgive, we'll be forgiven. But if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. And, and so, because we have chose to forgive, uh, then that forgiveness that God has for us, it's been sown in our life. And so we're stepping up on higher in that. And so he said, simply, you've got to learn how to be kind one to another. Now, th- this word kind is a Greek word. It sounds almost like the word uh, about the Christ, uh, but it's it just, it, instead of having an I, it's got a, a double E. It's Christos. And be you kind one to another. Christos. Now, this word is so interesting. This word... Christos, it means, this kind means to be useful. It means to be employed by God, first of all. Uh, And it means to be useful. And And the prime of the word means to furnish what is needed in a person's life in every situation. So, and be you kind one to another. So, in other words, I want you to see why the devil would want to keep you and I out of the place of forgiveness because God is saying because you have the Holy Ghost, you have Jesus in your life, there is no person in your life that has a need that cannot be met by Jesus in you. Come on, that's that's the importance of who you are in this day and age as we see... uh, that enemy working so much to to bring up hatred and variance and division and all of these things. So I want you to see this now. He said, and be ye kind. How, understand who you are and know that you can supply what is needed. So I want, this is only listed seven times in the New Testament. And I want us to look at some of these so we can get it in our heart, okay? So let's go to Romans chapter 2. And let's see where it's talking about the Lord. Because he's our example, right? Now, you read the first three verses. We don't have time, but I'm going to pick it up in verse number 4. Romans 2 and 4. It says, O, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness, now mark that down in your Bible, that the goodness of God leadeth thee to... Okay, so it's God's goodness. That's Christos. It's God's kindness. And be you kind one to another. Alright? In other words, God furnished what was needed in your life, in my life, that brought us out of rebellion, out of living our own life, going to a devil's hell. He caused us, empowered us to make a decision. He gave you an opportunity to say, "Uh uh-uh, no more devil. I want what God wants. I I want Jesus Christ. He gave us that ability to say, no, I repent. Repent. I, in other words, I simply turn around my life. I, I, I change my direction. And I'm not, no longer going down. I'm going up. Amen. I, I have a Father in heaven that has sent a Savior to operate in and through my life. And I believe that. So it's the goodness of God. It's the kindness of God. He furnished what I was needed to be able to repent. Now you think about that this morning. The church needs to be in a place and a position where they stand up and they be kind one to another. 
Because uh, that same kindness of God that led us to repentance, it's going to lead our brothers and sisters, if they're in a place of rebellion or disobedience, it's going to lead them to repentance. If there's somebody out in the world, it's going to show them and give them hope that there's an answer. They don't have to live the same way they're living. They can come out of the darkness. They can come out of the bondage. They can come out of the hatred. And they can come into the love of God. Amen? That's what Jesus has for us. And so this goodness, this kindness of God, say it's operating in me. Woo! It's operating in us, in the church. Amen? And, and so we need to see it and we need to let it be all it can be. Let's talk about this. Go with me to First Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's look at another example of this same word. Now, uh, we're reading verse 3, but I have to read verse 1 and 2. All right? First uh, Peter 2 and 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. This is all the thing that would, would bring unforgiveness and, and, and hurt in, uh, in a person's life. Verse number two, as newborn babes desire, intensely crave the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, why? Verse number three, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. That's Christos. The Lord is kind. The Lord is good. So, in other words, you got to taste the good things of God that brought salvation, that caused you to be born again, to become a new creature, a new creature in Christ Jesus, a new creation, and, and, and you become a babe in the Lord because of God's kindness. That's the graciousness of God. That's the goodness of God. That's the kindness of God. And so, why does the devil not want you and I to be kind one to another? Because that same work that God worked in you, He said it would come out of you and it would touch other people. Amen? So you have the ability, the opportunity, uh, the uh, responsibility to see who you really truly are and to walk in that. And just let God be in you who He says He is and you be who He says you are. Amen? You're not a defeated foe. You're not a sinner. You have been saved by grace and become a saint. Amen. A saint is somebody that is set aside for the work of the Lord. Amen. Don't let the devil put a label on you. Let God name you. Remember, we're coming into the sheep's fold, the sheep pastor, and we're hearing what God says clearly, concisely. Amen. Now, I'm not confused. Come on, you're not confused. Devil, you're a liar. You will never confuse me again in the name of Jesus. I know who Jesus is, and I know who I am. I know what He done, and I know what I'm going to do. Amen? I'm walking in unforgiveness no more. No more. Amen? Come on. I'm forgiven, and I can forgive, right? Come on. All right. So, He said, I I, I want you to, to think about how good God tasted. Well, people will never taste God. Unless they taste it through his church. Come on. His, you're the example. You are the, you have the table set in your life and you're setting the table out in the world's life. Amen. Oh, we're coming to a time that's going to be marvelous. It's going to be magnificent. The church is going to shine like never before. Jesus Christ is going to be exalted. The hungry are going to be fed. There are going to be people coming in. They're going to recognize and realize what they've been eating of and drinking of. It is insufficient. It does not work. It is not the answer. And the church is going to stand up and say, let me introduce you to the Master. Let me introduce you to the Savior. Let me introduce you to the Deliverer. Amen. It's going to happen. It's coming. It's coming. I'm looking forward. I feel it. I'm just waiting for the breakthrough. I see it like down at the, at, the, at the dam, Brother Larry. You know where? You know when you took us to the dam and had places where the water would just be seeping through. You know, and y'all have to always go back and you know all that. I, I, I'm looking for a breakthrough. I'm looking for that little trinkle to stop and there come a flood of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's going to happen. All right. Now uh, let's go to uh, Luke chapter six. Let's look at. Let's, let's put this. In another place, in Luke chapter 6, and remember talking about Christos, the goodness, the kindness of God. Uh, I don't have time to read this, but you need to read uh, uh, at least starting in verse 26 to the end of the chapter. But we're going to have to pick it up in just in verse 39 for sake of time. But Luke six thirty-nine. look what Jesus said. This is red letter. This is him talking. He said, and this is the Father's will. So God's got a will. Amen. 
And, and, and His will is what? Should lose nothing. He, he doesn't want one person to go astray, right? And this is the will of the Father, which uh, has sent me, that of all that He hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise them up in that last day. So we've got to see that we're in the last of the last days. And there's a lot that's not in the place of tasting the grace of God, tasting the goodness of God. They haven't come to repentance. And so we've got to see where Jesus is and what He's wanting to do. And we've got to say, when we look and we see the situation where it looks hopeless, we go, wait a minute. Jesus said He didn't want to lose nothing, not one person. So I'm not going to give up on that person. Because Jesus didn't give up on me. And I, I'm going to let God do a work. I'm going to let Him work in their life by my prayers. Now, I, somebody needs to hear this this morning. So there's some things that you can't do physically. And, and, uh, and, and the devil will wear you out doing stuff physically. He'll, he'll, uh, you, you can just talk to somebody. You can minister to somebody. You can help somebody sometimes until you're blue in the face. And and you and you just you're just at your wits end. But what you got to do then you got to step back and say, wait a minute, I was faithful in that. That didn't work. Now it's time for me to do something else, Lord. What would you have me to do? And so you just trust the Lord and let Him lead you in prayer. And you pray over them. You say they look like a lost cause. Come on, the devil wants us to write people off and say they're. But Lord, you said that it was the Father's will through you that none should perish, that none should be like You're not willing that any should perish. Lord, I want them to come to repentance. I want them to come out of disobedience. I want them to come out of darkness. I want them to come into the light because of your graciousness, because of your goodness. Amen? And so uh, you, you take the pressure off of what you're doing and what you're saying, and you come back to rest in your prayer life. You come back and you, you see that, okay, the battle I'm fighting, I'm working this Physically, in the natural, that's not the answer. The answer is in the spiritual. There's a battle going on in the heavenlies over this person. The devil's doing a work there. And and I'm going to let God use me to put a stop to it. Amen? All right. Um, Let's turn over. And look at verse 63, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. So when you pray for them and you, and you, you say, Lord, you're not willing that not, none should be, be lost, none should perish, pray this over them. Say, Lord, uh, give me the words because it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So, so what you and I do, we, we take that person that hasn't tasted the graciousness of God, the goodness of God, hasn't come to that place, and we speak life over them. We, we, we say, Lord Jesus, right here, I, I, I believe by your spirit that you're bringing the words of life to them. Right now, I don't know what to say, and to, to be honest, I'm tired of saying anything. So I'm going to pray over them, I'm going to say it in the spirit, and I'm going to let your Holy Spirit take to them what they need. Amen? And, and I'm going to say, they will be saved, they will be delivered. Now what happens when you do that? All of a sudden, you put angels to work. You, you get them. They pick up that word because they only hearken. Uh, is it Psalms 103.20? They only hearken uh, unto the word of the Lord. And so they hear that word and they go and they carry that word forth. Amen. And you and I, we see the church manifested what? They manifest Jesus. They manifest salvation, the will of God. And we see all sorts of things change and happen. Um, I'm, I'm waiting here because there's something else in this chapter, but I don't know what it is. Okay, uh, um, Luke chapter six, Luke chapter six. Look what Jesus says. Talk getting back to that Christos. But love your enemies and do good. And lend, hoping for nothing again. 
and your, and your reward shall be great. And you shall be the children of the highest. Now notice this, the highest, talking about the Most High God. Notice this, for He is kind. Christos. He is good. He is gracious. He supplies what is needed. Amen? Alright? But love your enemies. So you don't have to defend yourself. He supplies what is needed. Oh, there's an anointing there. So there's someone who is at ought against you or your family or a loved one or whatever. You, you say, no, wait a minute. I, I, right now, I've got a feeling that's contrary to my salvation. I've got a feeling that's contrary to the good things of God. And, and so what do I do? Lord, you said that you were, the Most High God was kind. He furnished what was needed. You said, love my enemy. I need an outpouring. I need the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart. Romans 5, 5, right now by the Holy Ghost. I need that love. And so you're going to supply in my life what I need to be able to love my enemies where I can do what? Where I can do good. Come on. There is a group of people that's fixing to come against the church like never before in the United States of America. The government is going to turn on the church. You and I have got to be prepared and recognize and realize that God's our source. The government's not our source. The government can do what it chooses to do. Sadly, if they choose to go against God, they may do. That doesn't change. I'm blessed. You're blessed. I'm not blessed by the government. I'm blessed by the Lord God Almighty. Amen. You're blessed by the Lord God Almighty. And He can take what you have, what you give, what you earn, and it will be enough. Amen? It will be sufficient. The devil cannot steal and curse who God's blessed. Amen? You are a blessed group of people. The God's church is a church that has more than enough. Amen? So you can do good. You can do all things that need to be done because God is kind. He furnishes. He supplies what is needed. Do good and lend hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great and you shall be the children of the highest for he is kind, Christos unto the unthankful and to the evil. Aren't you glad? Because I was unthankful and I was evil. And God supplied in my life what I needed. What did I need? I needed a Savior. I needed deliverance. I needed victory. I needed forgiveness. All of those things. So there is a wicked group of people out there. There's an unthankful group of people out there. But we know them all too well. Come on now. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we can relate to them. So when the devil tells you, you can't relate to them, say, shut up, devil. You don't know anything about it. I can be like the Apostle Paul. I can become all things to all men at all times by the Holy Ghost. Because I have the Spirit of God in my life. You have the Spirit of God in my life. My God is kind. He's gracious. He will supply what I need when I need it. I will open my mouth. God will fill it with the words that the evil one cannot confute. He cannot dispute. He cannot not make it into a lie. He can't stop it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Come on, this is the truth. This is the truth. Alright, so uh, you and I are in a place and a position where because we've received what God can do, His kindness and His goodness, we can exercise that. We can become familiar with that. Better said, simple terms, we can walk in that every moment. Amen? Every moment. Alright, now when you do that, let me show you what happens in your life. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Now you know all of these verses, but we've never looked at these verses in this context. So don't, don't get bored with me. Uh, stay with me. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Out of the mouth of Jesus, red letter, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I might give you rest. Hallelujah. I will give you rest. Now notice this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest under your souls. Now notice verse number 30. This is why we come here. For my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. Christos. My yoke is kind. It's gracious. My yoke supplies what you need. Now this morning, don't get mad at me. But if you're needing something in your life and you're not getting it from God, 
You need to make sure you're under the yoke in that area. I'm just conveying the message because that's what he told me because I was whining about some things. Taking on. And he said, I can't help you unless you get under my yoke. If you'll get under my yoke, I'll meet the need. But my blessing is pouring out right here. My provision is pouring out right here and you're over here. All you got to do is make one step. See, Jesus, he comes nine steps to me. I make the one step, and that's the fullness. Amen. Amen. That's all he's asking is one step. One step. He took all the rest to Calvary for you and I where we'd have no need, no lack. Amen. Let's make the one step. Let's come to where he's at. Now, what did he say? He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if I put on the yoke of the Lord, in other words, if I'll be yoked with Him, I'll be side by side. And if I'm side by side with Him, He will furnish everything that is needed. Now, here's what we've got to understand. Can we just get back to where it's just ABC just for a second? And Because, you know, this is being recorded uh, audio and it goes out. And so uh, we talked to a lot of different people that might not know what you know. It, it is so simple that when you and I read this verse that we know that God is going to meet our need. But the moment that you know that and I believe that and and you believe that and we start standing in that, the devil is going to bring everything contrary to that to try to get you on a step back and say, wait a minute, but God said. Yes, God said, but we've got to hold on to what God said because the trying of our faith, it worketh patience and patience worketh hope. All of those things, when it has its complete work, then we are a better person because of it. But the trying of our faith, it's more precious than silver and gold, right? Because you and I, the trying of our faith, it causes us uh, to trust in God more and more. It builds us up. It causes us to grow. And it empowers our witness. It empowers our testimony and all of those things. Amen? And so we've got to stand strong. So, yes, he, he, he said that if I would yoke up, if you will yoke up with him, that it will be easy in the sense that he will furnish what's needed, but the devil's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. So you've got to hold on to, wait a minute, you've got to tell the devil, now wait a minute. See, uh, I, I, I love Donna. She, you know, sometimes she just says something and she says it, uh, and it just like, just hits me right in the mouth. And I love it because I, I, sometimes I need to be shook just a little bit, you know, because I, 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 you need somebody that's looking at something in a different way that you are. I was whining about something the other day um, about the way something happened and it didn't work out the way that I thought it should. And, 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 and she, she looked at me, she said, that don't matter. God said, and then she, she, she paraphrased her scripture to me. And, and she said, if that's what he said, then it has to be that way. And, I, and I, after I wiped the blood off my lip, I thought, thank you, Jesus. That's so powerful. That is so true. I don't care what, this is what it looks like right now. But this is what God said. So it's going to have to be the way God said. Because I'm not going to change who I'm adhered to. I'm not going to change who I trust. So it's going to be the way God said. Amen. And so that's what you and I have got to do. We've got to fight the good fight of Faith, come on. And if we'll fight the good fight of faith, whatever God said, it will come to pass. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. All right, so um, let's go to, uh, back to Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 5 this time. Uh, verse 36, Luke 5 and 36. And he spake, and we'll try to teach on this and go into detail later on maybe. And he spake a parable unto them. Uh, no man, no person, putteth a piece of new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled. 
and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. Of course, we, we can see the analogy here. Ladies, you know very well about that. If you uh, put two pieces of cloth together and one's been shrunk and one hadn't, when you wash it, you're going to have a problem. And if you put wine that is still bubbling in an old wineskin that has no ability to stretch, it's going to bust and you're going to lose both. We understand that. And so Jesus is telling us here that we've got to be in the place that we recognize and realize we're under the grace of God right now. We're in the, the dispensation of grace. And in this moment of this new covenant, we've got to be willing to hear what God's saying. We, we've got to recognize old words in our life, old traditions, old actions, and we've got to make sure that we cast out the old and we take in the new. Because uh, churches have lived and died in their tradition. Uh, there was a... This is a good place to put this in. There's a lady come by yesterday and was getting her hair done. And uh, while she was getting her hair done... There was a, a man come by and he needed, uh, he needed some help. And so Donna was able to give, uh, give him some uh, stuff out of, the, out of the storeroom for him and his children. And uh, she had had to put the, 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 the lady on hold while she had done that. And then so after she got that took care of, she went back to her appointment. And the lady said uh, to her, she said, Y'all do this all the time? And she, and she said, well, when we got the stuff to do it with, we do what we can do. And, she, and she's got her own church uh, and, and everything. She said, well, our church don't do that. And, and I'm not talking, I'm just telling you, I'm just conveying the message, okay? And, uh, and she said, why don't more churches do that? And Donna said, because it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. And, and, uh, and you've you got you to gotta have a heart to, to be able to do that. And anyway, so she, the lady didn't say much else, and she finished the appointment. About an hour or two later, the lady come back, and, and, and she brought the church a donation to go in on what the church is doing. Come on. God said, if you give, yes. Luke 6.38, He said, I'll cause men to give unto your bosom. Yes. So there's no need that, that you and I are going to encounter that God's not going to meet. Amen? Amen. Because you say, I'm a giver. Every one of you, you're a giver. You give of your heart, you give of your time, you give of your finances, you give of your, your energy and strength. So you qualify. Say, I qualify. All right. Now, notice the last, uh, the last part of this, verse 39. No man having drunk old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith the old is better. This word better is Christos. People like the old way of doing things. See, Jesus is there. He's trying to get them out of Judaism. He's trying to get them to come out of the old covenant, come into the new. And, and uh, they're, they're comfortable in their old ways. And, and you and I, when we get born again, you know, we become this new creature in Christ Jesus. But if we're not careful, some of the old ways, they're still there. They still linger and, and if we don't deal with them, the devil will start using them and they'll start getting stronger and stronger. And this is part of the things that leads to a hard heart, that leads to a place where we're, uh, we, we can uh, have an ought and, and we can be in unforgiveness. So we've got to recognize some things. We've got to say, Lord, I want you to show me, come on now, I want you to show me by the Spirit of God every old thing that's working in my life. Now, I believe with all my heart this morning, God's going to show us some things. You're going to see some things you hadn't saw in your life, and your life is going to be better from this moment on. Amen? Because He's got us on the potter's wheel. I feel His hands. I, I, I feel the spinning of the, uh, of the very uh, uh, clay, if you would. And, and He's going to prune us and purge us. He's going to help us be what we uh, are meant and destined to be. And, and so we, we, we just have to stop and we have to say, Lord, I, I want you to show me. I, and if I'm holding on to something that I think is better than your word and your truth, I repent. I renounce it and I accept what you have. Amen. It'll change your life. It will change your life because it's going to uh, bring a, a new working of faith in your life and my life. There is no doubt about it. Amen. Okay. Now he said, uh, he said, but uh, 
but love your but love your enemies and do good. Lean hoping for nothing, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be called the children of the highest. In that in that verse thirty five of of chapter six that we read a while ago, for he is kind. So you see, I I, I got to get away from my old way of thinking. My old way of thinking was, you hit me, I'm going to hit you. You talk about me, I'm going to talk about you. But here, he, he, he said, the people want to stick to the old. But if I recognize that God is the one that can help me, he can supply in my life what I need, where I can pull away from the old, it's going to change my attitude, my actions. It's going to change my heart. Amen? And so I've got to see that God has in plan and in place for me the things that will change me. But the devil is working covertly. He's working in the in the in the shade of uh, of darkness to try to 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 keep me and to pull me back in little simple ways. Amen. So, First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Apostle Paul teaching here at the at the church at Corinth, and he says, "Do not be deceived." In other words. Uh, that word deceive, planeo, don't run, roam from safety, truth, and virtue. Do not be deceived. Don't roam. Don't. In other words, eat out of the Lord's pasture. Right. Don't eat anywhere else. Eat out of the Lord's pasture. Do, uh, do not be deceived. Evil communications. Uh, worthless behavior is what the word, words are from the, from the Greek. Worthless behavior. Corrupt good manners. Uh, and that word good is Christos. Okay? So, uh, the devil is going to try to get you and I by thinking the old is better. He's going to try to get us to talk out of the old. To act out of the old. To react out of the old. And, and it doesn't matter what God's trying to supply in our life. If, if I'm not aware of that, uh, then I'll what? I'm going to go back to my old way of thinking. I'm going to go back to my old way of acting. My old way of talking. Because it is, I don't know about you, but it is just automatic when I take one step back from the Lord that immediately I'm seeing things the way I used to see them. And if I see the way I used to see it... See, one of the, <clears throat> another study for another time, but the way you can tell your heart's getting hard is, is you're hopeless. Any area in your life that you have hopelessness, that area is hard. Because God's the God of all hope. Amen. And so if there's hopeless in there, I become hard-hearted. I'm not believing Him. I'm believing what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling. Amen. And then when I get hopeless, then I become isolated. Come on, that's another sign of, uh, somebody needs to hear that this morning. You, you isolate yourself from other people. You isolate yourself from God. You isolate yourself from what God's wanting to do in and through your life and all of those things. That's a sign. That's a sign of, uh, of, of, of a hard heart. And when you isolate yourself, then that brings in fear. Come on, because when we're not in the perfect love, cast out all fear. When we don't realize that God loves us in the way that He does... Fear starts operating, starts manifesting. All right. So anyway, uh, we'll, maybe we'll talk about that sometime. But he said, do not be deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Good, good, in other words, God has supplied you the ability to do what you need to do, what I need to do. But if I roam from that truth uh, by listening to anything else, it will corrupt. It will keep me from being... Uh, what God wants me to be. I can't be friends with the world. Right. James 4.4. 4. Put that up there, Brother Ryan. I believe it is James 4.4. 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the... So we... Now, I know the Bible says Jesus was a friend of sinners... And that's different. We're talking about you and I. We're, we're, we're to go into all the world and to reach the lost. We are. But uh, we reach that person. We don't uh, become a part of their sin. Amen? Uh, Jesus, He didn't become a part of their sin, but He come a part of their life. Come on, that's powerful. Amen? 
Okay, so Ephesians 4.32, And be you kind one to another, tender-hearted. Tender-hearted. So if I'm in the place, first of all, where I allow God to be my total source and, and, and let Him supply what is needed, I can be tender-hearted. Now, there's only one other place in the whole Bible this word is used, and, and I couldn't pronounce the Greek word for the life of me, so you just have to look it up for yourself. But First Peter chapter 3, verse number 8. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, be ye of all one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Notice this. Now mark it down. Be pitiful. Be courteous. But notice that. Be pitiful. Be tender-hearted. The, the New King James gets it right. Because uh, the, the word here is, is the same as Ephesians 4.32. Be tender-hearted. So uh, I can be tender-hearted because first of all, I'm in the place of having one mind. I let that mind that was in Christ Jesus... Philippians chapter 2, I let his mind be in my mind. Amen? I let it, just let it be. Just let it be. All right? And if I'll do that, then I'll have compassion. And then if I have compassion, I will love as brothers and sisters of Jesus. Remember, Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. He's my brother. Jesus is your brother. He's your Lord, He's your Savior, He's your soon-coming King. He's the Lamb of God. He's all in all, but He's your brother. Isn't that something? So I can love His brethren, and then all of a sudden, I can be pitiful. I can be tender-hearted. I can be tender-hearted because, first of all, I've chose to be kind, meaning I chose to let God be my source. Now, you realize that one of the biggest effects on the human body is stress. It is more detrimental than anything else. And, and, and the Spirit of God wants to help somebody this morning. You're under stress. And God wants you to hear by His Spirit, and He wants you to give Him that stress. Amen? And the way you give him that stress is you say, Lord, I'm going to be tender-hearted. But I'm not going to let that tender-hearted be overrun by problems. See, I can be tender-hearted, be tender-hearted and I can have compassion. I can be like-minded. I can be a brother of Jesus Christ. But I am not to carry the load. Remember, I yoke up with Jesus. And when I'm yoked up with him, he carries the load. All I do is just walk with him. I'm walking. His burden is light. So right now, somebody's carrying some things this morning. And don't get mad at me, but you need to repent. Because you're carrying something that Jesus said you weren't supposed to carry. And so uh, what that is doing, that is having a detrimental effect on your health. The devil wants to kill us. He doesn't want you and I to be here until the coming of the Lord. He wants us to die early, ahead of time, because you and I, we're going to save souls. It's not that we're going to do it, but God's going to do it through us. Amen? And we are, uh, we have a ministry. Every born-again, blood-bought, blood-washed believer, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, has a ministry. Paul said it was the ministry of reconciliation. I can, you can, reconcile lost people back to God by the Spirit in Jesus working in us. Amen? That's the truth. And so the devil wants to kill you. I, I, I tell you, uh, I see so many things where I have sinned because I've carried what I shouldn't carried. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I've, I thought I was doing good. I let the devil trick me. And all I was doing was playing into his hands. And then I was wanting God to take care of my body. And God couldn't take care of my body. Because why? Because I'm in rebellion. Come on. I, see, religion, religion puts the emphasis on us. Christianity puts the emphasis on Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. 
So, and be you of one mind, having compassion, one of one another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. So, I, I'm in that place where I've got to see that if I do what he said, and be you kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as uh, God forgave us for Christ's sake. Or Ephesians 4.32. So, I, I, I can do that. I can do it because I'm following these steps. I'm letting God be my source for everything. And I'm letting Him... See, the Bible says that only God can read your heart. I can read your actions. You can read my actions. But you may read them wrong. I may read them wrong. But God reads our heart. So He reads our heart and He can... When we're depending on Him to supply our need, He can keep our heart soft. He can keep it from being broken. Overloaded. He can keep it where it's sensitive to Him, but yet it's strong. See, the devil wants to keep your heart sensitive, but he wants to keep it where it's broken. God wants to keep your heart sensitive to Him, but it's strong in His will and His work. Amen? Amen. So let's look at the second witness in closing. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Colossians chapter 3. This goes right along with Ephesians 4.32. He said, Forbearing one another, the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae, he said, Forbearing, in other words, put up with one another, uh, and forgiving one another. If any man, any person, have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. All right, so you, you've got to see that this is not a command with, uh, that has a burden on it. It's a word of command that has truth in it. Okay, the truth is that because uh, God forgave you, He forgave me because of Christ's sake, that is the seed. Jesus Christ is the seed of forgiveness. And because God accepted the sacrifice of Jesus and then you accepted that, then that seed is in your life. And so you can forgive in the same manner as God forgave because of Christ because the seed, the Word, is an operation in your life. It's not a burden, it's a promise. Come on now, it's not a burden, it's a promise. Now, one more time. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man, any person have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. How do you do it? Verse 14. Above all of these other things that he was talking about, we don't have time, you need to read the uh, previous 12 verses. And above all these things, put on charity, put on love, which is the bond, uh, the joint, the ligaments of perfectness or completeness so it's by love by love all you have, the love of god that is shed abroad in your heart god supplied the love he supplied the faith so you can forgive because here's what you do is you 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 you, you uh, there, there was a, a situation in my life uh that that was uh working covertly and I didn't even recognize it and realize it. And, and so when the Lord showed me, then I, I, I recognized and realized I had all sorts of feelings that were hidden. They were there, but I didn't know they were there. But the devil was using those feelings to influence me, to steal my joy, to steal my peace. He was using uh, those uh, to make me then when I got into situations uh, of trying to help people that was dealing with the same things I was dealing with that I didn't even know was there, it was influencing me where I couldn't help them as I should because I was in deceit. I was in bondage. I was in turmoil. I was in bitterness and didn't even know it. So when the Lord showed that then, then He also showed the cross. And He showed Jesus and he showed how Jesus took every bit of that on his back on the cross for me. Amen? And so there was the answer. That was, so, I, in other words, I, I, I took 
that feeling that, that God loved me enough to show me was there and not leave me in the dark. Amen. He'll never leave his children in the dark. And I took that feeling and I handed it to him. And he hung it off his cross. And then all of a sudden, when it hung off his cross, that weight lifted that I didn't even know was there. And now all of a sudden then, I can talk to somebody in that same situation and I can talk to them out of the truth of the Word of God instead of my experience. Now this is important. There's so many times that brothers and sisters mean well and I've meant well, but we tell people, well, this is what God said, but let me tell you about my experience. My experience, if it don't line up from the Word of God, it doesn't matter. Because God didn't fail. I, I can't talk about you, but I can talk about me. God has never one time failed. I failed Him. Amen? And so, I want to be able to minister to people out of hope, don't you? And that's what we're going to do. Because we're going to what? We're going to forgive. We're going to forgive. Now, I want you to give God permission this morning... To let him go into the deepest access of your heart. If you'll give him permission to go into the deepest place of your heart, you're going to come up and you're going to give him some things that you didn't even know were there. Wouldn't you like to know why you act a certain way in certain situations? See, I talk to the Lord all the time, but then he won't tell me the way I want to hear it. And so if he won't tell me the way I want to hear it, then I puff up. Come on, I, you ever get childish? See, He'll help us if we'll just be humble. But all of a sudden, He'll show you something. And as He examines your heart and He shows you the most important thing. See, I want to talk about this, but He wants to talk about this. What I'm talking about is the least important. What He's talking about is the most important. And if I'll get on His page, He'll take that from me if I will hand it to Him. He'll hang it on His cross. And all of a sudden, I'm lighter and freer. And I can forgive like I've never been able to forgive before. Because I let him be the source. So you're going to meet some people and they're going to recognize and realize why they're self-destructive is because there's unforgiveness in their life. But they'll never know it unless you and I are in the place to be able to help them. Because God's calling the church to do that. Amen? I'll close with this just to lighten the mood just for a moment. We've got to make sure we're not like this man. This, this man, he went to church. Supposed to have had a relationship with God, and he might have, but it was, it, it was just as, as strained as it possibly could be. But he was a businessman, and he was in the middle of Dallas, Texas, and, and uh, he was late for an appointment. And, and if you can imagine the traffic and, the, and the, uh, all the the busyness that would be in Dallas, Texas. I've never been there, but I've seen video and pictures and so forth. But anyway, uh, so he needed to find a parking place and he needed to find it five minutes ago. And so he, he as a last resort, he said, Lord, if you'll give me a parking place where I can be on time for this meeting, he said, I'll even go to church Sunday. Now, this is an illustration, okay? God don't bargain. I'll go to church on Sunday and said, I'll even put in some money. Instantaneously, their parking place appeared. And he said, oh, never mind, Lord, I found one on my own. How many times do we do that? We pray a prayer, God works a miracle, and then we think we've done it ourselves. We can do nothing on our own. But we can do all things through Him. Amen? Now, open up your heart and close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you right now that by the power of the Holy Spirit that you go into the deepest part of our heart. We ask for complete truth. We ask that the light of your word shine through and through us. And every enemy might have a work. Lord, you said that the enemy had no work in you. You said the prince of darkness has come, but it didn't matter because he had no work in you. Lord, we don't want him to have any work in us. 
So we ask that you show us what is the main thing we need to deal with this morning where we can be kind and tender-hearted, where we can forgive and be forgiven. Lord, touch our heart with truth this morning. Let us come up from this service supernaturally lighter than we've ever been. Let us come into a new place of freedom in you where we can be all that you've destined us to be. Help us step, step up into forgiveness. We give you permission to show us the truth. And we repent for those things that we're working on our own, for the loads and burdens that we're carrying that we need to give to you. Show it to us right now. As a group of believers, we bind together and we ask these things in the name of Jesus and we all say, Amen. Yes, let it be. Would you make yourself an altar, either up here at the front, at your seat, however you choose to, and just spend a moment of time with the Lord because He's going to do something supernatural in your life. You're going to leave here different than the way that you came. I'm going to leave here different than the way I came. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, right now, by the power of Your Holy Ghost, move upon each one of us. Let the anointing come. Lord, right now there's hurting people's lives because of what family has done. And that hurt, it's a heaviness. That hurt is a hindrance. Lord, right now let that hurt be healed. Let it be. Let each one of us give it to you, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah.